1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: Do -do 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 you love singing songs as well, but you don't know the words? That's always fun, isn't it? You're very welcome back to the show. I hope you're having a wonderful week. I'm enjoying the fire. I'm spending a fortune on coal, but I'm enjoying the fire. And it's been dry. That's good It's that, that it's dry. It's sunny out, but man, if you are in Ireland, it is cold by. you can feel it in your bones, in your fucking toes in particular. Thanks very much to everybody who sent all the... Lovely messages and having the lols with uh, uh, the sketch show I was doing last week with Dave McSavage. We were doing stand-up comedy for people caught in traffic show. What else would you be doing of a, I don't know what day it was, but of, of a winter's day? Just making people's day. They're pulled up in traffic at a red light and we'd pull up and McSavage would knock on the window of the car door. They'd roll down the window and he'd say, Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to today's stand-up comedy for people stuck in traffic. We've got a fantastic show for you ladies and gentlemen. And your first act is Stephen Mullen. You'd run up and tell a joke. Then he'd take a break. And then uh, Owen Colgan came up and told a joke as well. It was great. Fun altogether. If you want to check out those sketches, go on to Instagram at the Real David McSavage to check out all the cool stuff that Dave is uh, doing on the Instagram. And well we had all the banter on the Sunday evening past, didn't we? Who knew? Who knew that an egg salad sandwich conversation could take us so far? Who knew that a poll would get so heated? Who knew that there would be such divisiveness? Between the audience on whether yay or nay for the egg salad sandwich. Hundreds of people end up voting in. I knew it. People are passionate about egg salad sandwiches. It really divides the bloody room. I, I used to go out with a girl who, at the mention of an egg salad sandwich, would get angry. It would piss her off. Isn't that mental? But thank you so much to Rob Dunn, who inspired me wanting to make an egg salad sandwich that evening. Um, I know a lot of you are listening now going, what the fuck is he talking about? Genuinely, Sunday evening passed. My friend Rob Dunn over in London, he was actually back in Kilkenny in Ireland, uh, he made this amazing looking egg salad sandwich. So I just put up a poll on Instagram to see how people people felt about egg salad sandwiches and whoa, did it kick off. Swear to God, I, about as divisive as Brexit. People were f- passionately for. It. There was nobody in between going, you know, yeah, don't mind, don't mind. A bit of an egg salad sandwich depends on how I'm feeling. It was, oh yeah, fucking eggs are amazing. They're so versatile, and you got to put paprika in it. You got to do this. You got to do that. And other people are like, no, just no. You fucking sick bastard. Jesus, it got heated. And what it ended up in happening was me spending that whole Instagram evening, Instagram Sunday evening making Rob's recipe, specifically Rob's recipe for an egg salad sandwich, and recording the whole thing to see if we approved of his egg salad sandwich or not. And I'm not going to lie to you. You know, the story is there on my Instagram, at hellostevo. Go on to it. And the story is there in my highlights. It's under egg salad. Click it, and you can find, you can watch um, the events that uncovered that evening and what happened in the end. But uh, I think it's fair to say just about the egg salad sandwich people won. But shout out to Rob Dunn. Thank you so much for the recipe. And thank you. I mean, Jesus. I was getting so many messages from people going, no, you need to do this. No, you need to do that. Fuck me. Anyway, maybe we'll make it a, a weekly Sunday thing. You post in your egg salad sandwich recipes to at Hello Steve on Instagram. And every Sunday, I will go about and make the different variations of the egg salad sandwich to see whose wins. But Rob's was uh, fantastic. He would boil two eggs, use one of them when it was like hard boiled it, and use one of them just cut it in half and put them face down on the bread, and then the other one he would he would basically crumble up and that and pack that around the already the the, the two halves. you know what I mean? Go on to Instagram stories to check it out, see how it works. It was tasty. Just the right amount of mayo and Dijon mustard. He didn't mix it in with all the other scrambled egg bit. He just he just paste it on the braid. Oh, it worked so much. My girlfriend was well impressed. So thank you so much for all the crack on the Sunday evening. We had good fun. And I, I know I always plug uh my instagram and at hello steven say send me messages and you you're, you you are sending guys you're sending me messages all the time after gigs and you know it's all great crack and and um and then you do get some nice messages and i i just didn't uh i don't know i don't know why i didn't read them out before but we got some amazing feedback for last week's episode with Elva Trill who was uh, amazing if you haven't listened to it go back and have a listen to it it was a fantastic conversation it's kind of one of those ones when you you start off in podcasting. They're the kind of conversations that you dream of having, and it was just really, really, really good. And um, Elva sent me on a message, who was uh, a message that that was sent to her from a listener to the show, and I thought I'd read it out because um, it was really, really heartwarming. It says, "Good morning. Just wanted to write to you and say what a wonderful job you did on Hello Stevo podcast." It was comforting to hear somebody describe what a panic attack is like. You were the first person who nailed it down to a T. It's amazing that you can still carry on a conversation without anybody knowing. I'm going through the roughest time in my life right now, and these attacks are coming on more frequently. Tough to find ways to cope, but it becomes any port in a storm for me. But thanks, it made me feel better. So happy Christmas and good luck with the band in the new year. So thank you to that person. You know who you are, who uh, sent that in. And um, yeah, wishing you all the best. And I hope you have a happy Christmas. And um, know that these panic attacks, which are awful, and I'm sure there's other people listening who've had panic attacks as well. And those of us who have had them know that it's a really, really horrible feeling and it's a really difficult thing to get out of. But know that there is a way to get out of it. And I'm certainly no expert in that field, but there is a way to get out of it, and I do hope that you can uh, be open enough to go and talk to somebody in a safe place and um, figure out what it is that is the root of why it's taking you to, why life is taking you to this place of having the panic attacks, and it's completely know that this is completely um, solvable. And with a bit of love and a bit of being taking it easy on yourself, do. Take it easy on yourself. It will um, subside and you will get over these panic attacks. So happy Christmas and a happy new year to you too. I also got a lovely uh, message from somebody who spends their nights at the moment up all night feeding the child who does not want to go to sleep. But podcasts are away and... Of keeping this individual company, so this message reads: Thanks for the laughs. I've been, I've uh, been putting. Um, this was at when the egg salad thing was going on. Been putting off going into my bedroom of doom, where the baby hates to sleep. I spend a lot of the nights of the night feeds listening to podcasts. The one that you did with Des Stephen has been on my mind for a while. I grew up in an evangelical home and visited the logos ships in my youth. Let's just say I didn't exactly follow the path of righteous path of the righteous i admired your candor and bravery on the podcast thank you very much for that uh, lovely message and um it's interesting i I suppose when you listen back to that uh, podcast i did with des bishop it did bring up a lot of things for me and i didn't necessarily see it as being brave at the time and i don't know i don't know if we call that being brave um when you think of other people going through other situations in the world because I was just talking, but yeah, it, it did genuinely bring up a lot of stuff for me. And, um, as all the listeners already know, I have started therapy. <laughs> um, but that was a situation where, you know, Des and I get on very well and he's a great man to talk to. And he's a very intelligent guy to talk to. And, um, he was very smart at being able to, at being empathetic as to what was going on in, in the difficult parts of my upbringing, because he knows what it's like to be an outsider. And, um, is uh, yeah, so th- th- thank you for the kind words on that interview. And um, yes, it is difficult to grow up in a very evangelical home, and the guilt that you feel if you haven't gone the inverted commas the righteous way, as you said yourself, because you do end up living with a lot of guilt, and it's actually kind of you know history repeating itself because Ireland as a nation has had so much you know oppression because of religious things, but that was the Catholic Church, and by the time I was a kid. Most of the country had walked away from that Catholic guilt stuff. But then when you grew up in a religious home anyway, an evangelical home, you're getting all that oppression anyway and all that guilt anyway. So it's just history repeating itself again. And um, anyway, I'm delighted. I am genuinely delighted to be keeping you company. Anybody out there who's doing the night feeds with their babies, I'm here for you. I'm here to make you laugh or to have a chat. And uh, I'm delighted to be keeping you company on the on the night feeds. And all the best to your little child as well. We were very lucky with my baby, I have to say. Because very early on, it was down to one feed a night. And that was it. And I was getting up for every feed. But, you know, I was told then after a she said to me, You don't need to get up. It's, it's quick. It's easy. It's done. And um, so we never struggled with sleep. Thank God. Thank God. But wishing you all the best with the night feeds. And I hope the little one um, starts to get... Um, giving you a little bit more sleep. So thanks for all the lovely messages. As I said, I'm on um, Instagram at hellostevo. Um, if you're enjoying the podcast, please do share it on your social medias. Do a screenshot of it if you're listening to it on Spotify or iTunes and all that kind of stuff, spread the word because the conversation gets to widen and we get to hear from more people um, and uh, yeah, and if you're on iTunes you can subscribe, give it a 5 star rating, nothing else, just give it 5 stars for fuck's sake don't be mean, it's Christmas um, and I think that's all the news oh yes, sorry, I was getting a lot of messages about uh, me touring my own show, I will be touring my own show in 2020 and I'll be touring two shows in 2020 and um, I've had a couple of meetings last week about it, and I will confirm. If you if you keep an eye out on my social medias, you will see that I am going to be. I will announce it in January. But my son of a preacher man is going to continue a bit more of a tour, and we've just extended some some dates, and we're negotiating with some venues. So we will be bringing that around Ireland, and by autumn of twenty twenty, I will have a new show to tour for 2020 and 2021 so exciting times ahead i'm in the middle of writing that one and i'm having great crack doing it loads of fun so thanks for all the messages keep an eye out on my social medias on twitter instagram and on facebook it's stephen mullen comedy on the podcast today it was a fantastic conversation and you've heard this guy's name a few times before because every time michael rice and john Spillane are on the show they're always taking the piss out of this other guy but this is Brian Gallagher, who is a lovely, a, a proper gentleman, a lovely man, a great comedian. Um, I can't remember his uh, his social media offhand, but I will put it in the bio so you can click and follow him on it. But we had a fantastic conversation here where uh, Brian's a super smart, intelligent guy who um, has a very uh, different approach to doing his comedy, and he likes to... Um, he likes to have some underlying themes in it on all the time. So the first half hour of this, we do genuinely talk about uh, where he came from and how he got into comedy and all that kind of stuff. But then we do venture into some deeper stuff. And both of us are so into current affairs and politics and fascinated about it that we do have a conversation. And I don't want you to turn off now and go, ah, Jesus, I hope they're not fucking talking about this. But we do have a conversation about Brexit. And it's not a conversation that you're going to normally hear. Now, if you're not into the politics, you can skip over in the last 20 minutes of it. We kind of move on into other stuff. But there is a fascinating conversation from two guys who are in an industry where the the rhetoric and the conversation about Brexit and politics is of one very certain... It's in its own echo chamber. But Brian and I both come from previous different backgrounds where we can see the difference and we can see why people from outside London wanted to leave or voted the way that they voted and how people, certain people in the UK have not been getting looked after and how that has affected our points of view on the politics of the situation and how the so-called progressive people, of which we would consider ourselves to be somewhat a part of, the progressive side, the so-called left have a little bit of looking in the mirror needed needing to be done so it's a conversation that you're not really going to hear a lot of i certainly haven't heard this kind of a conversation on um on the airwaves or in newspapers necessarily but there's a lot of love in the way that we're talking about it because there's frustration but there's there's a lot of love in there as well so there's a there's a lot in there for a lot of people to listen to so i know that you might hear the word brexit and you'll be like oh fuck this but genuinely it's a good conversation of course we finish it off with our with our first love our true love of football but it's a fantastic conversation thanks so much for coming on the show again Brian enjoy this ladies and gentlemen it's Brian Gallagher hey, it's change of and ladies and gentlemen the wonderful fantastic Brian Gallagher in the house Woo-hoo. Literally in my house.
1: Lovely to be here.
0: Love to be here. Um, obviously, I think your fans know about your beard, but I don't know. <laughs> I didn't mean to start here. Sorry. <laughs> you just came into my Jesus, head. Jesus, <laughs> always with the beards. Like, you know what I mean? Obsessed. How see? How long does that take? Or have you have had it trimmed? Have you? I trim the beard uh, oh. pretty regularly. Yeah, I, I oh. got a guy.
1: I got a nineteen-year-old um, barber slave type child. Right in uh, Wellington Key. Lovely in cut and sew
0: Cotton cut sale. Cotton sale. They're all cool lads down there. Aren't They're they? very cool. Very cool. Because I, mean, I didn't. Trust I stopped going in there because I'm. I'm not that did cool. You? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm you stop. know, I
1: suppose when you hit your fifties, <laughs> it's time to find a more mature barber <laughs> in a locality. You know. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I started going in there. So my beard is. I had a beard. I have the beard about six, seven years. It started as a November. Right. You were, you were running for November. Yes. I did the mustache thing for November. Right. And raised about. Sort of, thousand euro i think wow for the and then just for growing just for growing, growing it, hair i did nothing else yeah and then i had a bit of stubble around the mustache okay towards the end of november and i thought i'll just see what a little beard looks like right it'd be a shame to shave right now i'll shave in a few weeks and that was about six, seven years ago. Wow! And uh, and now I've got a giant beard, but I, I trim it. I do trim it. And you, it's, you it's trim, it, trim it. it.
0: You're also grooming with. a uh, shout out to West West, <laughs> West Cork Beard Company. <laughs> it's our first bit of advertising on the podcast. <laughs> You're literally sponsored by West West Cork Beard Company. They
1: they, they, they send me some products. Um, yeah. it started out that I started using it anyway, and I messaged them and I was like, lads, this stuff is great. And they were like, "Oh, we'll send you some for nothing if you think it's great." And I was like, "Okay." Then I started telling people, and every now and then, guys, this stuff is great. It's what I use, and uh, apparently, some people
0: buy it because of that, which is weird to me. But anyway, it's It's amazing. What is it that I've never I've had big beards, but not that big. What is it that the beard, the stuff does (laughs) when you it it defrizzes it a little bit, or
1: it it so beards can end up being quite coarse. In yes, terms of the, how so f- soft. So it softens the ah. beard, and then oils will moisturize the skin right underneath, underneath the beard, ah. so it doesn't end up all dry. Because it get too flaky under horrible, there. yeah, yeah. And then you shave, and you look like some sort of leper.
0: So that helps with your relationship for from a smooching point of view as well. Absolutely, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. absolutely. More smoochable, different flavors, different smells. <laughs> Uh, peppermint and tea trees uh, oh nice, nice jesus
0: one to, nice one to wake yourself up in the morning okay you know? i yeah. might i might grow i might grow a beard in yeah. january and then kind there's of get there
1: like uh, uh siberian fir and uh and and tree smells and, and wood smells and there's a cinnamon one but i hate cinnamon and i've told them that uh, don't ever don't ever <laughs> I send Told me <laughs> <laughs> I literally have told them that. <laughs> they're like oh could you say something nice about the product and i would like go don't buy the cinnamon one it's right Rank. So how many different flavors are
0: there? Oh, there must Fla- five. Flavors I think go they've got,
1: scents. at this stage, of five different
0: scents. Wow. Yeah. So the missus would know who she's smooching.
1: Sure, every day is a
0: mystery to her, isn't every it? Day. You know what I mean? She opens her eyes going, oh God, who are you today? Lumberjack or a barber? One of my favorite jokes is, and it's, it's, it's very Carl Spain, isn't it? Which is kind of like, he's allowed to say it because of the limerick. The limerick kind of vibe between you two, like yeah. but Oh that goddamn so you're gonna
1: use that joke again. Jeez. I'm not gonna <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God, it's the
0: more it's the joke I
1: hear all the bloody time. Is it? Yeah. Right. I've uh, only heard it a couple of times. Every sorry. time Brian Gallagher has a good gig, he shaves. Just any any opportunity he gets to re- to repeat that he repeats it like you know. oh does he ever yeah, he would do that as only well, yeah, he would just yeah. keep he just keeps hammering it. it yeah he keeps saying it. it but that's Carl Spain, I was when you know, when you write one joke you, <laughs> you get to, you, you get you get ten
0: years out of it don't you shout out to Carl Spain it's so true. <laughs> fred cook did it at Vicker street one night when we were doing the temple street hospital one and uh fred cook was on stage he opens up by going uh jesus great to be here now it's 10 years i'm doing this gig raising money for kids and it's you just feel nostalgic coming coming here this long and hearing the same jokes that carl said 10 years ago uh, <laughs> and carl walked back on stage uh, and said about? You know, oh, good crack he's very quick carl he's, he's very, very quick, quick. Yeah. not physically no god no <laughs> sorry Carol. <laughs> God, <don't laughs> I have to
1: have him back on now no yeah he uh, he's uh, he's a slow moving man we have to oh, I, have t-
0: I have because we gave you like by I don't know how t- by proxy is not the word but like on the Michael Rice podcast we were always slagging you off and that's because yeah, Michael Rice is a dickhead no, right. to, there you go there's payback for absolutely no reason Every- whatsoever <laughs> Brian Gallagher became the butt <laughs> of a bit of slagging but I'm sorry Brian I'm I had to bring to it. you on to it to, 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 to that's defend my, yourself
1: that's Michael grace for you like we 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 tend to cut the legs out from one another oh, do you yeah
0: that's the banter
1: it started as banter and then we, we I think we've actually hampered uh, our careers as a result of it on a number of occasions we were in <laughs> I swear, really we were, we were in Edinburgh and uh, we're walking down the street and we ran into an agent and the agent was like hey guys how are you getting on and the agent said to me uh oh Brian I see you're doing really well at the moment you're you seem to be full most days that's great. And I went, yeah, thanks a million. And Mike shouts, because he would do this anyway, but obviously this was not the right time. (laughs) He goes, he says, uh, that's propaganda. It's all social media. Can't believe a word of it. (laughs) And, and, And I went, uh... And then I looked at my watch and I went, what time is it, Mike? And he goes, what? Isn't your show meant to be on? Oh, that's right. You pulled it today because nobody showed up. Oh, (laughs) Jesus. And then he said something else. And the agent is is standing there going, what is wrong with these two? Now is the time to big each other up, not literally (laughs) cut each other to shreds in front of me, you know? Well, bye. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, uh, back at the office. I don't think those guys are going anywhere. Yeah, one's yeah. a
0: liar, and uh, so is the other one. Well, how's it? but you do have? I mean, that's all. It's brotherly love, really, between uh, yeah, you, yeah, John, yeah. And, and and Mike, running yeah, yeah, Riff, Raff comedy. Yeah, yeah. Riff,
1: Raff is great. The lads are fantastic, so uh, we get on well, and uh, it works. You know, how long ago was it since you since you joined the team? Must be years. Yeah, is it? Year, is it I'll I come think to it's a know? year, or maybe right. a little bit, maybe a little bit longer. I can't really remember exactly. But and it's uh,
0: it's it's a perfect compliment for running a comedy club because yeah. you definitely have your own separate roles but then you're all very much separate roles separate styles as well yes separate styles yeah Yeah. very separate styles as well but it complements yet you're all building and driving towards the one thing
1: yeah yeah work we work well together and um like we all have the same level of ambition um mike probably has more energy than the rest of us but uh That's probably something to do with his thyroid or something, I'm not really sure. <laughs> but uh, we work we work well together, we work hard as well and uh, yeah, we compliment each other and we get on fine. So it's it's fun, like, you know what I mean? Running river is fun, but it is hard work like
0: How did you get how did you get into the comedy game? How like
1: I always wanted to do it, but yeah. I was always I suppose I was always a comedian before I was ever on a stage. Mm. Like I was the smart ass kid at mm. school, I was the quick comment to the teacher, I was yeah. the, you know, my, drove my mother bloody insane as a child. <laughs> Um, have you many brothers and sisters two brothers
0: and you are youngest i was just gonna say yeah last in the pecking order so you're wrecking everybody's head destroying (laughs) the place
1: absolutely destroying everything
0: right Um, and this is in limerick
1: limerick yeah from fines of west limerick so it's about 20 minutes outside the city okay yeah what was it uh, like
0: in growing up in fines
1: it was good yeah i live in the countryside just outside the town maybe five minutes outside the town up on a hill and uh, which is nice because I like looking down on people. So that was fun. <laughs> uh, up on the hill, I grew up on a farm, small farm.
0: So you're from a farming family? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Fanta- yeah. And was it dairy or? Beef beef yeah, okay yeah yeah well right. he had
1: sheep as well at one point i think yeah but uh i think little bits of everything all the time but primarily
0: beef yeah right yeah so that would so there's be a right. there's a connection there between you and michael right straight away then no there's it. nothing we have nothing in common <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> absolutely nothing mike is from <laughs> he's he's a dairy farmer that's mike what. mike throws out the word poor all the time right oh, it's, it's yeah, yeah. complete and utter <laughs> like if you were from west limerick right a west limerick farm and yeah. you hear some asshole from kilkenny yeah from a massive farm, probably stolen from the locals, right? Yeah. If you go back far enough in history, in, in, <laughs> in, in the Rice family, right? Definitely invaded and stole a large patch of perfectly flat,
0: yeah. wonderfully
1: drained, beautiful land. I was going
0: to say West Limerick. It's it's tough land, is
1: it? Tough land, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're hardy people. We know how to how to exist on less. That's why Mike is so hungry and ambitious because he wants more all the time, yeah. and that's that's the yeah. characteristic of people from the midlands with our big farms and, our, and to say the word poor i mean in all
0: fairness he he mean? does play it off like yeah the, well, he the, does, yeah yeah, 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 the yeah we
1: had one cow you know yeah, and <laughs> all my siblings sat around and we we, we milked a tea to each i mean come on so <laughs> you know i mean you believe that you believe anything?
0: yeah it's awkward when he's milking his mother but um it's <laughs> oh my god! Leave, the laugh, in, leave the laugh <laughs> in, so
1: people are wondering what the devil got that he just headed <laughs> out there. Like you don't want to know what he just said. That's all I am
0: saying. So, this, so did you guys have to work on the farm growing up as well?
1: Uh, oh I, I didn't. Um, I was I was the youngest, so I I was the child who didn't want to get my new Wellington boots dirty. Right, right. so I was, that was me. Right, always uh, the hipster. As a, always, the hipster as a kid. Yeah, I never did much. Like, but uh, you know, my brothers would have done a good bit on the farm, right? Yeah, oh, is, this, is the farm. yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad still farms, he's still farming, right? And your brother's involved at all? No, no, one of my brothers lives next door, but he's not, he's not, he's on farming, so my dad's a farmer, really. Like, yeah, but he, my dad always worked as well. Like, so it was like the farm was like, it wasn't a farm that you'd be living off, like, you know what I mean? Oh, really? It's more of a, I wouldn't have thought so. I like, this is not me having had a look at the books or anything, but it's like a small farm, yeah. Kept cattle on it, farmed right. it because it's always been farmed. But like I don't, right. I wouldn't believe we would have made a massive amount of money so, out of
0: it. So you know? it was more of a traditional type. More of, of a I traditional, think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he loves sh-
1: it, like you know, he still farms it. He yeah. loves it and, and none of us would ever want to see it leave, right? The family or anything like that, like because it's so. Just what nice happens? You know. So what
0: does happen then next?
1: Oh well, basically he'll die, and yeah. then there'll be a massive fight between me and my two brothers. Right. There'll probably be legal action. Who knows yeah. where it'll end yeah. up? Right.
0: Brian, all of a sudden, will take a keen interest. Oh, in I'll, be,
1: yeah, I'll be massively interested in farming. Look, lads, with the beard and everything. come I'll be like, you remember me as a child? Loved getting my boots
0: dirty uh, <laughs> yeah i'll be mad
1: for it then, like you know yeah yeah, yeah. But and so bad. so
0: school you were the messer messer smart Alec. yeah did you go to school in in uh in, in Limerick? in
1: i or went in to Fiennes? primary school in fines and i went to secondary school in Limerick city
0: Limerick yeah. said, hey. said, Hey, so Which did you fi- so all these fucking cliches about Limerick City and all that, yeah. is that? Is it true or is it or is it
1: no? I look, there's so many exaggerations. Like, I mean, I've worked in different places in, in Dublin, and I remember working with a Swedish girl once, and she didn't know I was from Limerick, and she was relatively new to the team. and Somebody asked her what she was doing for the weekend, and she said, Well, we were going to go to Limerick. But my friend from Denmark told me it's too dangerous.
0: Friend from Denmark. And huh? I
1: said, oh, has your friend from Denmark been to Limerick? And she said, no. But her friend from Italy told, I was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> like, this is this pan-European slander of Limerick City going on because somebody once told somebody somebody got stabbed there in the 1980s. Like, so yeah. it's completely ridiculous. It's a wonderful city. like Really, yeah. really wonderful city, yeah
0: and uh, yeah because I have a, I've, a, I've a mate from Moy Ross and he likes to tell a few stories alright but like I'd yeah, say like, I think he thinks he's Tony Soprano as well like yeah, do you know yeah, what
1: I mean yeah. people like to embellish it and exaggerate it as well sometimes like
0: I, yeah. mean, I mean for those who don't know sorry but like it was people listening to the UK and the US and stuff like that Limerick has a, a reputation within Ireland of being a very rough city which is it, it, it's kind of it's kind of harsh and like because it's, it's called nicknamed Stab City because yeah. of I mean I don't even I'm, I'm l- glad we're
1: getting that out there again Steve well but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is what perpetuates that like you know, yeah that's,
0: that's <laughs> true that's true but I'm, I'm, I'm more putting it out there to kind of get like i was i was down there recently with carl the aforementioned yeah. and like yeah there's not a, like it's Did either it's of you stab lovely. anyone when you were there no no, well, there no you. yeah no, um but um no it's a
1: great city There are look there's rough areas in in, in limerick um, and the great
0: the great rugby team Munster is Munster, based, course, there based, as based there though which is like yeah. that's definitely uh, you know giving limerick a bit of a
1: yeah well like Munster was always what i found weird when i left limerick was the attitude to rugby in in Dublin and other places? Because I never, I never experienced it because I never left Limerick.
0: Yes, of course. So when I
1: came to Dublin and I like, I like rugby. You know, when I played rugby in school, I was crap, but I played a bit of rugby. And uh, I'm in Dublin, and people are like, "Ooh, rugby yes, posh yeah, yeah. boy!" And yeah, I'm like, yeah. "What are these people talking about? You know, because it's a complete. It's a complete working class game in Limerick. in Limerick City.
0: It's like, and it's not even the same in Cork. In Cork, in Cork it still has a bit of a snobbery it still has about. A bit of snobbery it. in Cork yeah. as well, yeah. But yeah. Limerick,
1: absolutely, it's the biggest game in the city, and it is like across all strata, society, and all all classes. If you want to use that terrible, terrible term, yeah, that um, everybody loves rugby. Like you know, everybody yeah. plays rugby. Yeah, it's a working class game
0: and, it's, and um, the, yeah the Munster fans are definitely one in a like, when Munster were hot back in the day with the whole the Heineken Cups and Stringer and O'Gar were there and all that I was mad it was into it yeah. and and being, like, being a Cork boy based in Dublin you know it's definitely a bit more like yeah, fucking yeah. let's bait these bastards badge of identity like, but yeah. yeah definitely but yeah I've definitely fallen out of the love because of the it's so much more of a and again the hard word of a class thing up here yeah, and yeah and, uh, yeah, it's all private, educated. Kind yeah. of, and I've I've made coffee for some of these guys, you know, yeah. of, the, of the rugby team, and it's just like
1: it'll kill you. Yeah, kill you inside a little bit. Yeah, no, and
0: I I don't actually think that they're assholes actually underneath it all. I just think that they don't know. They're so. Uh, one of the girls yeah. in the coffee shop said it to me. Actually, I was I couldn't get over how um, entitled this one guy. Or just the way he was treating people. this yeah, one yeah. guy was, and uh, she and she said, and she was right. She said, sure. What else would you expect? Yeah they're literally brought up being they told no better, they're like, the best. Okay, yeah. You're the best. You deserve this, blah blah. Yeah. blah, 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 blah. And, yeah, and, and you and then you get to see that manifest itself yeah. in an individual. It's, and it's a lot of fascinating them, for
1: me. Like I've I've worked with with people who who are from that background like and they grow up in massive houses right, with lots of money, lots of privilege, the private education, like the really expensive private education, mm. and they're surrounded by people from the exact same background and they all have parents who are like CEOs or top lawyers yes, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And if they see their parents working hard and they see that this is the payoff for working hard, fair enough, but they don't seem to equate that there are also other people who work hard in different areas of life but don't earn the same amount of money. Yeah. So it's not that somebody who isn't rich is lazy, which seems to be what permeates their thinking because the only people they look at are their own parents across the same area of town and yeah. they all believe they're all working hard, you will all be CEO. You won't. You you, no. you have the benefit of a luxury of getting there because of the money behind you as well. You know? It's interesting.
0: I had the com- that conversation w- with my, my better half there recently, who um, is f- from Portugal and fr- from Lisbon, and there's clear kind of status, so- societal things that go on in Portugal. And she was talking about a friend of hers who's doing really well in uh, international banking, quite a young man Okay. in his, like, I think he's still only uh twenty-five possibly and he's in London working top, you know, and and their their attitude towards it, and he's a lovely guy, I know the guy the attitude towards him was that like he he's a genius he's like he's yeah. unbelievable at what he does at banking and uh, like he worked to get to where he was yeah but then i i'm kind of going so he just picked us up in his mercedes compressor Yeah. and he you know that he got from his dad and yeah. he lives in this house and he lives in Marleybone Whoa. in london i was in that apartment i walked into my tracksuit and they wouldn't let me in i was like I'm, i swear to god i meeting somebody <laughs> here and is like private apartment block kind of a thing and and in order to explain it to her that it was like yes he might be very good at his job but that's not to say that if yeah. somebody had the same opportunity yeah, yeah, yeah. someone from around here yeah from from uh devney gardens had been given that opportunity that they couldn't do that yeah that's funny how yeah it took to a while for her to understand what to that to meant the,
1: to get to the point where he was able to be successful yes. there was a lot before that point that enabled him to to begin Before to he successful. was even born. Yeah. yeah, 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 before, exactly, yeah. You
0: yeah. know, it's, it's... And people it, forget all that, like, they, yeah.
1: people just arrive and go, oh, he worked hard, he did X and Y. Yeah. But we all have, I mean, every one of us. Like, yeah. I'm not from the poshest family in the universe, playing from a good family, hard-working parents, my father, small farm, my mother worked, my father worked, and they were they uh, interested in education, they wanted all of us to get a good education and stuff like that, and like, you know that was all yeah. a good upbringing. Yeah. And then if I didn't have that, obviously it would be completely different. Like, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And yeah. so everybody has what's behind them, gets you to where you're going, you know what I mean? So
0: you th- do you think those those kind of morals were drilled into you from a young age or like, or there was just a natural product of the environment that you yeah, were you in? Yeah, kind of- I
1: don't think you, you recognize something that's been drilled into you mm. or, as such. You just recognize it. You don't know any difference. So it's the way you grow up is just the way you grow up. But it's later in life, you look back and you go, that's when you meet other people who didn't grow up the same as yeah, you. Yeah, that yeah, That you go, oh, well, my parents were good at X and Y, or yeah. or I I I learned this by osmosis by just being around my parents. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, a lot of my sense of humor comes from my parents. Like they're both oh, really? incredibly funny people. Okay, like, right. Yeah, incredibly funny people, um, but wickedly sarcastic and and my my mother's humor and all my mother's family's humor is very dark which is fantastic but i never realized it was dark until you know you're around people (laughs) who are a bit more sensitive to dark humor you're like okay won't say that around here then you know like so uh so yeah so i got a lot of my humor from my parents okay and equally i got a lot of you know i suppose uh my, my moral compass from them as well that kind of stuff you know how you live your life or how you, how you want to be a decent person or whatever you know
0: and you're saying education was important to them as well did so did that did you go on to third level did you do stuff after i have school? done third
1: level yeah but I, I i had a brief dalliance uh when i first went and i dropped out uh, right just didn't suit me i got it was I suppose when i first went to university i got i was very lonely because i was there on my own didn't know no, there was nobody from my my school or whatever so where, I, where did I you go
0: to I went to Maynooth. Okay, yeah, right. And, uh, Which is a cool small university yeah. town, like about half an hour outside of Dublin. Yeah. But it, it is isolated as a town. Yeah, isn't it's it? a
1: way, yeah. And I didn't really know
0: anybody there. So I was getting to know people. What were you and, doing there? Uh, theology studying? and arts. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah.
1: Which is very interesting. Very yeah, interesting. Still, but
0: if you're feeling lonely, well, I, I know if I was feeling lonely yeah. and studying theology might be a bit difficult on the head as well, no? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. And it
1: was like, I don't know. I mean, for me, I'm very interested in religions in general. I'm, yeah, not, okay. a religi- I'm not a religious
0: person. As such,
1: um, and I, I, I'm not even going to say I'm spiritual or anything. You anything. Know, I hear people do that, like, you know, I'm <laughs> not religious, but I'm spirit. Fuck off. Like, you're, you do <laughs> yoga, Sean, that's what yeah. you do, <laughs> yeah, you know Sean. What I mean? You're not spiritual. Um, so I'm just interested in religions and yeah. the belief systems and the differences between them and the commonalities between yeah. them and the histories of them and that kind of stuff. So that's why I think I was drawn to theology because I always had an interest in, in religion and in belief systems, and right and philosophy and how people think about things or That's how an interesting
0: t- you know. thing to choose as a young man as well when you're like you're coming out of secondary school and the way it works in Ireland you, you, you have to choose Yeah, yeah. Before you've done your final exams, what courses you want to apply to, and to, to pick theology is a, yeah, yeah. well it was definitely
1: not influenced by the fact that I didn't think I'd get anything with higher points in my, uh, my is that low down on the point <laughs> system is it it was like halfway or something so I was like right. ah, well I'll go with that, <laughs> that's, one. that theology, that's the only insurance policy there but I'm definitely going to be like a super successful vet or something like that, <laughs> that was never going to happen either. right okay okay no it was no it was, it, it was something I was interested in but it was I don't I don't even remember what my first choice was but it was it wasn't my first choice I don't think
0: and those types of courses can be difficult from uh, as you're saying a loneliness point of view because as far as i'm aware there's very little contact time and yeah. lots of reading time lots of reading, yeah. Yeah. so you've like I, I think my cousin was doing the same in liverpool, liverpool? and he's eight hours contact time and it was like the rest of the it's hard yeah. not to be bearing all the time that's exactly <laughs>
1: what i did yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a drank far too much um in an effort to kind of get out and socialize and just yeah that just then perpetuates if you're not feeling well you know what I mean if yes. you're not feeling happy then yeah. that will perpetuate that of course and then uh, that led I just dropped out it just wasn't uh, decided it wasn't for me for, at the
0: time you know but uh, was there a plan after that
1: no I've never had a plan
0: Steve which is Jesus uh, this is disgraceful
1: <laughs> Fant- I'm looking at your wall here you have a wall planner <laughs> yeah, have, yeah, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> it's broken down in minutes I'm like it's empty it's <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jesus uh, yeah
1: it just has comedy written in one big, <laughs> one big <laughs>
0: scroll in crayon be it's, funny comedy I think funny. I did write that on a wall I was trying to organise and I just wrote that <laughs> just be funny <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's it life plan be life funny. plan be funny yeah.
0: yeah I've never had a plan Um,
1: I've had loose plans before but I, I like uh, a lot of things I've done in, in work in other ways I've, I've tended to fail upwards which has been fantastic like but like Brian's a nice fella, yeah, but well, maybe he's not suited to that. Let's give him this. And okay. it's like, oh, am I getting a new job? Well done, okay. And it's more right. like, let's move him over there. Well, that's a, fa- that's a fantastic thing Where you thing can to do happen. less damage, you know? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's tended to be what has happened, but uh, I don't really have hard and fast plans. And when you don't have plans, I think you, you tend to end up in far more interesting situations in life and interesting jobs, and you meet more interesting people, and you end up doing interesting things, and you become the kind of person that maybe before you started your journey you look you would have looked at other people and gone god they have an interest in life how did they end up doing this and that and the yeah, other thing yeah, yeah. whereas some other people and i would absolutely scare the hell out of me to be the kind of person who was so driven that i had like a five-year plan and imagine a plan that went exactly as you wanted yeah and in five years you ended up exactly where you wanted to be or where you thought you'd end up right but that's, the, a, that's all the a, opportunities you would have missed and mm. all the left turns and right turns and interesting people and New opportunities that you could have had if you weren't so rigidly stuck to a plan.
0: That's a brilliant. Uh, pr- that's a fantastic perspective. I w- would say on the same thing that I look. I I do the exact same as what you do with regards planning, which is fuck all. <laughs> and um, surprised we managed to make know if you've met my yeah. daughter. But <laughs> 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 but Surprise! <laughs> but, but, but um. Uh, but I, because you, you're embracing that. And I think I've always had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder about not having done that because then I feel guilty that I'm not doing what I'm supposed yeah, yeah. to have done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. But you've just you. embraced it.
1: Well, I, it's more that I kind of, maybe I did have a chip for a period of time about not being like having a plan to see other people being successful at different things um, that I would have known or that I would have been in school with or whatever. And I'm like, oh, look at, well, they've done it X or Y. And I'm yeah. like, maybe I should have done X or Y, you know? But then you know, you come to a stage where you go, Do you know what, just, like, roll with it. Because everybody you talk to, like, one example, is a guy I knew, and I haven't seen him in years, but this guy I knew, like, literally would just amble from, like, random job to random job. He was a teacher, he gave it up, didn't like it. Then he was a house painter. Then he ended up being, like, a broadcaster for a period of time. Then he stopped, then he ended up, just, and it's just, like, hopping all over the place at random different right. things. And, like, his... A, fr- a friend of a friend who knows this guy uh, is uber successful, like, drives a, has a massive house, huge car, perfect life, very, very wealthy. They're both friends, right? These two guys. And I spoke to the guy who's really wealthy once and he is so envious of the other guy's life. Wow. Right? And we talked to the other guy and he would kind of look back and go, they're both probably in their, like, late 40s, I'd say. And so the guy who's, like, jumped from job to job and ostensibly never had much money because of that, right? It was just kind of floating around he's envious of the guy who's had the plan and has all the <laughs> money and the guy who's all the money and the plan is so stressed out okay and has lived his whole life to a plan he looks at the other guy and he's like god he's he's had the life hasn't he he's done this he's done that he's done the other thing so no matter what point you are in your life you're going to look at somebody else and think that they've got a better life
0: you, you know? yeah yeah that's it's a it's that silly jealous green yeah, monster that we always is, yeah. have inside yeah, everybody, everybody has it, like, grass yeah. is always green on the other side yeah. and all that stuff and and the rich guy's probably... I can see the rich po- guy's point of view. He's definitely probably jealous of the freedom. The freedom, yeah. It seems that there's freedom. Yeah, uh, yeah. the apparent freedom. But The then, apparent freedom, but exactly. But
1: then I don't think he'd want to live in, like, the house share that this guy in his late forties is exactly, living in. Exactly because either, yeah. there's not
0: know, necessarily know. freedom of opportunity no, if you don't yeah, get yeah, it yeah. blah blah blah. So
1: every, you'll always look at the, you'll always cherry pick the things in yes. other people's lives yeah. that you want in your own. Yeah. And if you do that, you'll never be happy. Really, like
0: yeah. you know what I mean? But like, sure, look, just
1: just I just keep living, just live and just see what happens. Like you know.
0: What was the plan then? I, so sorry, but I think what I was the non plan Sorry, <laughs> that's <laughs> what we got there in the last. <laughs> what was the next step? What happened then after the dropping out of of university?
1: What happened after dropping out of university? I, think I went working. Did I? I did. Yeah.
0: My memory is very bad, by the way. Jesus so Christ! Like, you're
1: not that old, Brian. No, but I do have very bad memory. Right. Uh, I went working. I've worked in lots of different jobs. You have, because like, I, I,
0: I know you. I know you were cooking at one point. I know you were banking at one
1: point. Yeah, I I've you worked had, like, in banks. I've worked in. I worked in marketing and social media quite a bit. So that was like in different companies. Like I've worked in uh, tech companies. I worked in Google for a while. Which right. was fantastic. Did you? That's, did,
0: that's tough to get in, isn't I it? I did.
1: Uh, well, obviously not. I right. got in there, right? <laughs> but I was there. I was technically working for YouTube, but in Google, I was there for, on a six-month contract. Uh, my God, they live like kings, and they're like they live in another. Oh, so I've heard another world altogether. Like yeah. all their food is free.
0: Yes, and it's like the They've best. The coffees. best
1: Italian food I've ever eaten in Dublin city. Has been in Google.
0: Oh Jesus!
1: Like, that will wow. tell you, like, and all the chefs in there and all that—they're all from the places that kind of food they're cooking. There's oh a pizzeria, goodness. there's a vegan area, there's like, there's three or four restaurants. There's a barista bar it's all free everything yeah. is free and there's like massage chairs where i spent most of my six months was sitting on <laughs> them i should so you not, could, you uh, can probably I, sit in
0: them and do your work
1: because uh, that's what they do isn't well it? no i just sat in them and just got massaged okay, to be honest right. but you can <laughs> like uh i'll probably never get hired by Google <laughs> again if you hear <laughs> I'm this sorry, i'm sorry but i spent a lot of time in massage chairs and the first few weeks you're there like you're literally taking home everything like just stock in your fridge because it's so overwhelming <laughs> that there's so yeah. much free stuff you're like Fentyman's fancy lemonade. Oh, Fentyman's is good yeah, stuff. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. my uh, that was my particular voice when I was working there.
0: Goodness me, because
1: they're like three ninety five a bottle. Like so. I, so, so I what st- kind of work were you doing in there? Uh, I was doing like uh, community uh, community management for YouTube English speaking people.
0: Community management. Yeah. So, where's that?
1: basically you're just looking after creators, and you're looking after people who 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 publish on youtube basically okay
0: and 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 they're, they're obviously not in google they're just people online people
1: online all over the world yeah and you have
0: a conversation with them or you're like basically
1: what? you're managing like online forums where people are, are, are posting issues and questions and things okay like that. right and then so sorry to, to, to backtrack slightly so you have uh any of these forums you have online that where people are discussing products or companies or anything like yes that, you then generally have uh, a number of people who reply to questions and they do that in a voluntary capacity um and then I looked after the people who did that in a voluntary capacity. Right. And they would then talk to the people who had questions and problems and things like that. So okay. you're trying to incentivize really hard because you're trying to incentivize people who are working for nothing uh, to work harder. basically, Right. At it, which is the greatest con the world has ever pulled to create, <laughs> to create forums like that where people who love a product yeah. think they're part of a company but are really just working for free. And did you enjoy that job? I enjoyed the interaction with the people. Yeah, yeah, enjoyed, yeah, yeah. yeah. To do with people, I enjoyed. You you're for, I, mean? I was
0: going to say you are so good with people. I've noticed that about you. Yeah, you're very, very, very good with people. You always seem to have a good connection, good conversations with people. Every time I see you, you know yeah. everyone, you know, has a good relationship with you. That's a, a great thing to have.
1: Yeah, I don't, and I, I never really noticed that or a pre, a, a such. You know what I mean? It's just. Because it's not something I do by uh, as an effort. Or, yeah, yeah, uh, you exactly. You know what I mean? Not, I don't yeah. sit get up in the morning and go, I'm, I'm going to make, gonna make a connection with that yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. talk to people, like, you know, yeah. but I'm interested in people. Yeah. So I think if you're interested in people, then. That's a good starting point. Yeah, it's a great starting point, yeah. like, you know? Um, and I try to avoid saying anything bad about people, you know what I mean? Even though, like, we all think things about yeah. people from time to time, whatever. you try And, to and avoid sometimes it, we you. say them. Sometimes we say them, yeah, on a podcast. <laughs> I hate Michael Rice. Uh, Would we'll be one. No, I don't. I, I love Michael Rice. But uh, yeah, no, just try to be nice to people. Really, that's all. You know, just be sound. Like it's a fairly simple guiding principle in yeah. life be so you can't stick to it all the time every now and again you're gonna fall out with people every now and again you're gonna say the wrong thing yeah, or you're of gonna course, you know, of course. you're gonna get annoyed with somebody yeah. or, or whatever and that happens and um, it's regrettable when it does and uh, what can you do you know you just have to <laughs> it's regrettable yeah, what well it is like you know yeah, yeah. And, and like as uh, I wouldn't be somebody who would uh I wouldn't be somebody who would lose my temper or anything very often, but occasionally, like, you'll get annoyed with somebody and you'll say the wrong thing. Yeah. And then afterwards, you'll be like, oh, why did, why yeah, did I do yeah, that? Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 of course. And you feel instantly bad about yeah, it. Yeah. And I
1: would beat myself up a lot if I do something like that, like, yeah. after the fact, because it's... Cause I,
0: I know I did something In haste or whatever And I'm like
1: God oh, I shouldn't have said that Why did I say that I do that, that
0: about stuff Even if you were to bring up A certain situation to me Of something that happened Two years yeah. ago I'll still go sweaty hands Yeah and kind same of, Ugh. Yeah same I can't be like, oh, believe God, I did I that Or whatever like I just that, want to yeah. put my head Back in the sand yeah, and forget yeah. that
1: ever happened You know yeah. So the
0: stand up comedy When did, when did that all? So you're, you're, there's no plan You're buzzing around the place But you're always yeah. thinking That you want to be You want to do some stand up comedy
1: Yeah what well, I always want I always loved comedy So like I, I worked in radio A little bit years ago as well And that was Jesus Christ well, I know Thank yeah but I don't even know, I know Half the stuff I know <laughs> <laughs> I didn't Where did you work in radio? I don't even remember <laughs> Half the stuff um, Radio Kerry Okay. Right. right. I did a bit of independent work as well, where I just produced little bits and pieces for different radio stations. Right. But uh, there was no money in it, so I, got yeah. I, I left that eventually. But that's where primarily my the comedy came out in sketches and things like that. So you're
0: doing sketches for radio? I do a
1: little bits of sketch work in Radio Kerry and small bits for Claire FM and other other radio stations. Just what
0: kind of sketches were you do?
1: Just like accents and voices, primarily right. improv stuff. Like right. Okay. But like just uh, being characters and right. just acting the maggot, you know. Okay. Uh, which is great crack. Uh, On your own or with it. other people or are you uh, just... Both, both, okay, both, right. yeah. It's usually like me interacting with a presenter as okay, a character kind anything. thing. right. Um, oh, that's great, Crack. It's good fun, yeah. But uh, God, I wouldn't want to hear any of them back now. <laughs> <I> Hopefully nobody <laughs> goes digging online for them.
0: You were the Mario Rosenstock of Kerry I FM. Was the
1: Mario Rosenstock of, of, of Munster. Munster. Um, yeah, so that was great fun. So that's where comedy came out first. And then... Uh, I suppose. I always wanted to try stand-up. Never had tried it. Never understood how you took... I was always good at a quick remark or a witty response yeah. or slagging. Right? Yeah. Limerick is great. You met Carl Spade. Yeah, yeah. Limerick humor is fundamentally based on slagging and insulting yeah. people that you love yeah right? that's um, how you show love That's how you show love is you literally tear somebody apart right you're that's, looking great ma'am you fat bitch yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> ah you're dead now at the yeah. funeral yeah, very yeah, appropriate, yeah. you know look at you dead um, now yeah, you're not yeah, talking yeah, now yeah, yeah, ma'am yeah, are you yeah no <laughs> smart answers now have you, you know? <laughs> but uh yeah so like that's that's limerick humor right so i never understood how that one-to-one interaction or one-to-group interaction messing translated to stage and how you could turn that into Stand up comedy yeah, set, yeah, and that was something that I suppose gave me enormous amount of fear about trying stand up. That how do you how do you construct this, you know? Uh, and then I went traveling with my girlfriend. We went traveling for about six months and traveled around the world. And I well, not I not, not say found myself, but I set myself a bit of a challenge. I was like, you know what? Now when I go back, I'm just going to try it. Yeah. What is the worst thing that can possibly happen? Here? Yeah, like it, I'll be bad. That's yeah. the worst thing that can happen. Yeah. So I came back. And I, I sat down and I wrote out, like, a, a story. Because I, I can tell stories. I wrote a story. It was about seven minutes, roughly. And tried to make it funny. And I went and I did it. And uh, in the In the halfpenny In the and ha'penny. Halfpenny, and, uh, yeah. And it was... I got people laughed. Right. I will never forget, though. The, I'll never forget the sweaty palms. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The hands shaking. Like, just literally, I was going to die. Like, it was a fight or flight. Absolute fight or flight. And I went on stage. And I didn't die and I came off and I drank about 14 points in 12 wow. minutes <laughs> uh, after it and I couldn't I big thought, come down was Big talking come down. like a guy on speed I was like oh, that right. was amazing yeah, I really yeah, want yeah. to try comedy again blah, blah,
0: blah, and blah, blah. did you know anybody or how did you find out about the happening? how did you sign just up? From, from googling and just looking googling, yeah. Yeah, and, and going the around. stress of all that of just walking up to yeah. a room a building yeah. you've never been before oh man daunting Yeah, uh, everything not just being on stage is daunting it's daunting like having yeah. to deal with people for the first time yeah. and all that very scary very very
1: scary and seeing other comedians and comedians are assholes like we are assholes because if we
0: don't know somebody yeah we don't we're not gonna go are you you okay do you want a hug you all right we're just like yeah
1: I've been there you'll get through
0: it I've I've been like reconnecting with certain actor friends of mine recently and it's gas how they'll no matter what it's like, oh, that was great. I just really like this. And they always find something interesting yeah, and, yeah, and positive yeah, yeah. to say, yeah, yeah. no matter what. And co- comedians, like, have fucking nothing. <laughs> you fucking, you could fucking tear the roof off a place with a good gig and yeah, people yeah. wouldn't say shit. Like, no, I know they mean? say nothing to you. Yeah. They say yeah. nothing. Just like, yeah. All right, are we going or what? Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like every day. Yeah. Which is kind of what I like about it as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there was one or two, there's two things about comedy I find fascinating, like, especially groups of comedians when you do gigs. One is when I started, uh, there was, I thought I had done really badly once or twice. But I was like, I must have done badly because that person didn't even look at me afterwards. Yeah. But then as you get, you come along yeah. in the scene, you're like, oh. You realize didn't, that's, that's the compliment. They didn't look at me because I did well. Yes, and they're exactly. They're like, pricked it well. The only like time
0: we're going to get attention now in comedy is if you died.
1: Yeah, if you died, yeah. And yeah. I love I love actually when a comedian dies and the comedians at the back of the room are loving it. They're lo- it's just loving it. And you're la- the biggest laughs in the room are, are coming from, because in riffraff we see it sometimes, you yeah, know, yeah. not that people die often in riffraff, but if somebody's had a bad set or something like that, and the back of the room gets a, there's a massive laugh for something, and the yeah. audience turn around
0: going, what are they laughing at? That yeah. wasn't funny. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that's exactly why that's we're exactly laughing. We're yeah, laughing. Yeah, yeah. I did one recently where I got back to the, to the back of the room at the end of not having a great gig yeah. and Richie Bree is going <laughs> he just did that smile like yeah. oh that was a bit so tight yeah <laughs> and just like fuck it yeah, anyway." Keep at it. yeah 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 so then so then the ambition then was to become a comedian once you I mean you have your first that's a big that's a big to you have your first big fucking yeah. first gig and it goes well went well that's good
1: um well, now in hindsight, probably didn't go as well as I thought it went, but it went well. And uh, then I said, "Yeah, I, lo- I love this. This is this is it. This is everything I, I thought it could be." Yeah. And uh, yeah. I kept going, and I kept. I got very, very lucky because I did. I was trying to get stage time, and it was very, very hard because nobody knew who I was. Yeah, and I was getting a couple of little bits and pieces. So I had to end up like driving to the middle of bloody nowhere to do gigs, you know, because I couldn't get. Oh gigs really? In so driving outside Dublin, right? Yeah, okay. I was heading off down to like Mullingar and right. Somebody, you know, somebody posts on the internet, need, need nine comedians for free in you know the Ivora Peninsula. I'm, like, I'm, yeah, there, I'm, there. I'm there. I'm there. I'll see. Yeah. you. and I was doing that, and then I entered a uh, competition. Uh, just to get stage time right. because I thought I need more stage time Like, and I said this is handy I'll do this see what the crack is meet more comedians and they'll say well oh you can do this game. I said, this is great networking and stage time Brilliant. perfect Perfect. entered that won my heat and I went well that was a surprise there I'm not sure how I won the heat because uh, most comedians were doing it longer than me and I was like this is odd won the heat very good okay. what
0: competition is this? show me the funny okay right so I was like was that, is that the national? no yeah yeah yes, is
1: that uh so I did that and I was like, Grand, okay. Uh I won the heat, very good. Uh, that's mad. And then I said, what, should I look at at least I get another day out and I expecting absolutely nothing. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, I came runner up in it. Wow. And I was like, Wow, that's mad. So Who then, won that one? Uh Laura
0: Byrne. Right, okay. Right. And then
1: that opened the door to the clubs. To loads of others, okay. Because then I was like, obviously there's a man who came second yes. in that thing, so he yeah. can't be completely shot. Yeah. So then I got, got into the clubs and most of the clubs in Dublin then and then once I got in there. Uh, and I didn't die
0: in my arse. I got more gigs and more gigs, and that's literally how it, how it unfolded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, what is it? How do you come? How do you? Um, what is, do you choose? What you talk about? Do you still consider yourself more kind of storytelling in style? Kind yeah, of I'm,
1: I'm storytelling. I am a storytelling comic. I think, um, but um, thematically, I would I would be. Uh, religion and racism and, and, and unconscious bias and that kind of stuff mm. would be my, my, my underlying theme through most bias my stuff. Unconscious bias, yeah. brilliant. Oh, that's yeah. cool. mm. I love that that's though. That's juicy shit. Yeah, it's juicy stuff, man. Yeah. You love, yeah. I love that. Like, you know, some of my stuff is very much based on my appearance. And uh, I, so like, I have one bit where I talk, I speak in, in a certain language, right? I speak in Arabic at one point in, in that's one, of, right. one of my sets, right? Yeah. And... I'm wearing all black and I've got a beard, and you will see people physically recoiling in the audience, right? And there's no reason they would physically recoil if I was wearing pink, yeah, didn't have a beard, That's and was speaking true, in yeah, Swedish. Yeah, you still don't know what I'm saying. So why? So what's happening is your brain unconsciously is adding all these bits up and giving you a. Uh, a summation of what this scenario is based on information you've taken in from the media, newspapers, television, your entire life, something somebody said. Yeah. Once upon a time, whatever, right? Wherever all this information comes from and your brain is making this decision un- unbeknownst to you, really. You because it's been programmed, basically, yeah, yeah. because of everything you've been... But nobody believes that that's yeah. the case. Everybody thinks they have this free will of thought, but we yeah. really don't. Everything we think is predetermined nine times out of ten because of information we've taken in over our lifetimes or somewhere yeah, else, you know? definitely. So I love that idea that you're not really in control of what you're thinking yeah your brain is making up this decision for you so i'm going try to play on that and play on like and talk about racism yeah. but in a funny way obviously i'm not going out there to go you know, yes i yeah. hate pontificating comics who so just stand there and give you a bloody ted talk about something like yeah
0: that. because that's what it is a ted talk it's, yeah. not, funny. it's, it's not funny funny. did you watch the Darren brown thing on netflix there recently where um i think it was out last year two years ago where he created a situation a scenario where um it was basically like a Truman Show type thing where people were brought into this scenario where they... there was a whole story played out it was an event and there was there was a there was a speech at one point of this thing and then there was a, a dinner party and blah 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 but the, anyway the one individual yeah. who's in this scenario doesn't know that they're being completely programmed for the whole thing and it comes to it, the story comes to an end where you're going to have to choose between pushing somebody off a building or not wow it's really well constructed yeah and how most people did it well,
1: that's amazing man <laughs> But that's, I mean, and they're it's all
0: normal Joe subs and they've yeah. all been uh, interviewed beforehand and tested beforehand as the yeah. no criminal record no blah 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 blah.
1: well it goes to show how you can be conditioned but very, totally very conditioned yeah, that, very, very that's, very that's the point he was trying yeah. to make
0: was like yeah. it's, just be, it's just conditions that, yeah. that's all, all it is
1: there was an experiment years ago I think it was I think it was, was a televised I can't remember but it was definitely an experiment where they took two groups of people and they made them, I think they told them it was a TV show, but it was an experiment. They made half of them randomly the prison guards and half of them the prisoners. And they were in this like prison scenario yeah. uh, for a period of time. And they're all normal people, all interviewed, all friendly with each other beforehand. They had a, like a, a period of time where they were together as one group before they were divided. And how quickly, be, they were all given instructions so the prisoners had to be like, you're prisoners, it's your job to try and get out of here. They're not your friends and vice versa. And the, people who were in charge guys who became the prison officers like became brutal they had right. to they had to suspend the experiment because of how dangerous it got that these right. guys were like losing the run of themselves like uh in power against these prisoners and equally the prisoners were losing the run of themselves and they're like they uh, anti-authoritarian
0: stance towards the prison guards it was like this is an experiment this is out of control yeah so yeah. how quickly we can become conc- yeah. yeah well you've been like that's a fascinating insight to have just uh, like on your stand-up comedy to have that mind to be thinking all the, all these things underneath it's yeah. very it's very analytical and it's very like a great, great social science on it mm. but you've also been like I've, I've been following you tweeting a little bit and knowing what you're talking about with regards to everything that's happened in the uk recently as well and it's fascinating to see your perspective on brexit. that as well yeah. the old the old brexit and not know? even uh, everyone keeps talking about brexit recently and it wasn't brexit actually it was the it was an election <laughs> it was a, Yeah, yeah <laughs> it was the, yeah, yeah yeah people yeah. keep forgetting about that but that, that was uh, there was an election behind what like, happened yeah. last week was actually uh, was election. actually a general election yeah. Um, but it's it's for me. It's been fascinating to um to watch and having I lived in London. I got to vote on the Brexit uh, referendum because I the I think it was something to do with the Good Friday Agreement. But the Irish are allowed, the Irish resident in England were allowed yeah. to vote on that as well.
1: And you got carried away and you voted leave
0: and you left as well. That's no, yeah, you, were like, you got it all mixed <laughs> up. It's like, Interestingly, I have to leave now. <laughs> no, I I do. I voted. I, I voted to to remain, and I, I'll never forget the next day, London. The next day when the result came out how quiet it was. Yeah. It was crazy Mental. how quiet it was. But I actually met a lot of Irish people who voted to leave. That's insane. But um, I watched,
1: I wa- I remember watching the, I'm an election nerd as well, I love mm. watching the results. And I watched, I stayed up late to watch the uh, the results coming in. Yeah. And I think it was like 1am, I was watching this, and I was I was like, there's no way they're leaving. There's just no way it's going to happen. Like, yeah, this, yeah, They yeah. can't leave. It's, yeah. just, it's not going to happen. And I watched, I think Sunderland and Newcastle coming in. And the Sunderland. it was 1am, Sunderland came in, as as leave and i knew like i I looked at the mathematics on it and i was like and the demographics of the the, like sunderland like if if sunderland is voting to leave yeah they're fucked yeah they're definitely not gonna stay and i was like this is insane i went to bed and i was like no something will change overnight surely something will swing woke
0: up and yeah gone i was like that's insane you know yeah no but certainly especially living in the in the london bubble which is a very is the perfect description for it was there was no it wasn't even a worry, to be no, honest with you. People thought, it's definitely going to be fine, you know. But well, it goes to show what you. happens when you neglect Well, this is the thing, because, people. because, because I remember having conversations the next day with uh, my my boss in, in the restaurant I was working in, and there was a lot of anger towards the people who had voted to leave, mm. who were all from outside London. And Adrian Charles, the BBC uh, reporter, did a fantastic piece the following week, I think, mm. where he went back to West Bromwich, where he's from, to talk to the people to where he's from and to ask them why they voted to leave. And um, because his personal thing was, I'm living in London and everyone's saying the people where I'm from are idiots. So, I'm going home. I'm not having that. Yeah. I'm, see what's I'm going on. home and seeing what's going on. And what you could see there was people who were struggling. Mm-hmm who were in the so-called working class, but they were actually, you know, you're pushing on poverty Poverty in a lot of these places because they're they're not getting work. The industry has been taken away from them Mm -hmm. and their housing situation is disastrous. It's disgraceful. And from their point of view, they're seeing other people coming Mm -hmm. in from other countries and who are getting put up the yep. ladder ahead of them and that is breeding anger Yeah, and it's breeding uh, they feel neglected this is not just it hasn't happened in the last 5 years it's been happening in the last 20 30 yep. years yep. and um when you have people telling them as well that that they're these racist these people then, over here though
1: but if they say like you know if you're there and you you've, you've your industry is gone you're competing for housing with, with other people you you have very little uh, your your prospects are very very limited and you have somebody coming along in a nice suit and whip up a bit of fervor as well to yes. tell you, in case you didn't know who to blame, it's not us in power. It's See those guys over yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, those yeah. Those guys are to blame. Those yeah. guys are taking your that job well. or they're yeah. doing X and Y. And like, it's not that that person is necessarily racist. It's that they need, clearly everyone needs somebody to blame for things. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, it must be their fault yeah. that I'm in this situation. Yeah. And all these places who were heavily reliant on EU funding yeah. for most of the stuff that they had in, 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 in a lot of these really poor areas uh, were heavily subsidized with European funding they voted to leave, which made absolutely no sense whatsoever. It was an absolute protest vote and a kickback against the establishment for abandoning them, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then you add that to the mix, then people who are willing to whip them up with xenophobia, you know what I mean. To yes. say it's it's all these people's fault, you yeah. know. Like, yeah, it must be their fault, you yeah. know. But it's not. It's the bloody government's fault that yeah. you're in the situation you're in. You know.
0: With this general election, how much? Like I definitely have a feeling of because I've never voted remotely right or anything in my life, um but I have a strong feeling of, especially with the the, the result from the general election and looking at the map and how much of it is blue on yeah. the map that. That the people on the le- voters on the left, and specifically certain types of people on the left, are mm-hmm. massively to blame for this. That the that the people that when you look at that blue, you've got to understand that those working class did not vote for Tory because they wanted Tory. No, they voted. That's how much they hate Jeremy Corbyn yeah, yeah. and and Labour. Yeah, it's well, a enough, sad state of it's affairs. It's a sad state of
1: affairs. But you've a number of things going on there, right? Corbyn was never electable, and that. that and some people listening to this will be like, "That's not very." You know what I'll say. I'm. I'm just adding to the narrative that is the reason he wasn't elected. But he was never going. He it's was not, completely like, unelectable. We've got to be real here. If you follow politics, the minute he was put in as leader by the base, like he is not electable, and it was never going to happen. And yeah. you add a layer of the media hating him on top of that, telling people. Lies about him as well on top yeah. of that, right? Then you're going, okay. Well, this is not a reason why he was... lies and angling things it. a
0: certain way. But the def- yeah. I was watching some interviews yesterday. Like he didn't help himself with no, some the stuff he came out with. Jesus he was on the Christ. fence.
1: He was on the fence about the bloody uh, about the Brexit anyway. Oh, Brexit, yeah. One. He needed to take a hard. Didn't stance do enough about one of the way or issues the other. with
0: anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism
1: within the party. You know what I mean? There so many issues and so many problems. But if you were on Twitter, even as an Irish comic, and you looked at every yes. other. I was like, "Is every Irish comic here going uh, voting Corbyn?" Like, I was yeah. glad, we love Cor- you. Don't even know Corbyn. What are you talking about? Yeah. You know what I mean? You know nothing about the man. You, what you know is he's left, and you, you you identify with the left, yeah. And that's all you really know. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's not to say I wouldn't have voted Labour myself if I was there. I I would have voted Labour yeah. because cause who the hell would vote Tory apart yeah. from the majority of the bloody yeah, country? Yeah. But I would have voted Labour. But to see the echo chamber on social media of people surprised the next day like i wasn't surprised
0: no not at all like, I, I wasn't making any predictions at all from like no. i'm not going to be surprised by any result no. in this election anything no. can happen
1: i mean i i was surprised by the number of seats they won by but i would i had them winning by at least 30 seats the tories i was like they're definitely winning yeah def- there's no way they can lose but if you were to look at twitter and the echo chamber and they get back again to the polarization of society yeah and and people can, you know, confirmation bias, people only seeking information that suits their own narrative yes. and talking amongst themselves. It's like a huge, never, yeah. huge
0: issue because like, uh, uh, here's the thing about Brexit as well that I want to be aware of. There's people listening to this now going off oh, for fuck's sake Are they're talking about Brexit. But <laughs> it, it, it does affect, for me, it if this this kind of mindset and the, and this narrative of the way people are conversing with each other, yeah, yeah. it's affecting all of us on an everyday is, yeah. basis and people, splits are happening all o- I mean, splits are happening in Ireland and because yeah. people w- won't, um, Converse or agree to disagree. Yeah, no, no, that's gone. Like, that's gone. And it's very disagree, unhealthy, or, and yeah, and yeah. again, the people are, for me in my, the people that are the worst at it are the ones the, the yeah. left extremists. They're the most vocal, and they're the most they're almost evangelical. Yes, in their absolutely. in their fervor about certain things, which is like shouting about you're a misogynist, yeah. you're a racist, yeah. you're sexist. Well, you're hang on, yeah, if like you
1: keep calling me that, maybe I'll, I, somebody's going to be
0: that. You know, if you keep saying that, I don't even necessarily think it'll go it'll go that far. But if you keep saying that, you're just gonna you're just sh- you're just shutting yeah. off any possibility of yeah. anyone wanting to listen to anything yeah. that you want to say. And equally, a
1: person who has an opinion that is, okay, so let's say you, somebody on the right of the political spectrum, doesn't mean they're a fascist, it just means they're on the right of the political spectrum. Just because
0: you voted for for Tory doesn't Doesn't mean mean that you're you're, you're racist or any of that stuff. No, none of it, in
1: fact, it just means you've made a decision for whatever reason, probably economically, in your mind, that this is the right decision for me right now, or, or I don't agree with Corbyn or whatever. And if you've made that decision, it doesn't mean you're a bad person, but... If you were to talk to somebody on the left, they would be shouting at you, telling you you've you're the worst person. You see stuff on Twitter. They're like, if you vote a Tory, don't I ever don't ever come to my gig again. Don't yeah. ever buy my CDs.
0: Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Like that's ludicrous it's not, nonsense. It's not that this is not that's not democracy. No, this is you have to embrace. I think it's Oscar Wilde that said, "I will embrace your rights to be stupid." Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, if, yeah. Like you, that is not dem- You cannot be. It was the same with here with. Um, you know the, the referendums that we had recently. Yeah. You know, uh, same sex marriage, yeah. repeal the Eighth, all that stuff. Yeah. You know, I voted for uh, in in favor of both those things. Yeah. I voted to repeal the Eighth, and I voted for uh, people have the right to have same sex marriage. But I respect people who don't. Yeah. Yeah. You're entitled. If you don't want to vote for that, that's, that's what democracy that's is. That's the whole idea. Yeah. If you, you continue, have to respect people who don't. Of course.
1: If you continue to shout at people that they're wrong, all you end up doing is you, you polarize society. Those people then go go even more extreme in their exactly. views generally, and you end up with two sides of society. You know, a societal civil war where people won't, can't converse about it and can't talk about it, and will end up like the U.S. and like Britain, where you've got two separate camps on everything and
0: and that's exactly what what has happened that that that, that is my issue with, with it all happening at the moment is that like nobody wanted trump and boris johnson no. in, in in well obviously people did <laughs> in power but like you know the the more progressive thinking people did not want them in power but you have to take responsibility and yeah. kind of go trump is in power yeah. and boris johnson is in power because yeah. Of this shouting yeah. down to yeah. people because you,
1: you're igno- number one, you're ignoring and neglecting yes. people. Number two, you're 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 telling them they're wrong all the time on everything, yeah. and then their reaction is going to be, well, here you go, then
0: we're yeah. voting for this
1: guy, yeah, and that's the backlash then yeah. against that. Like in Ireland, we always had a great tradition of being able to talk. About politics and yes, about religion. That's very true. And, and about everything in pubs and over pints. Yes. And to have groups of friends who had completely different opinions. That's to you. so true. So and you'd true. have a nice barney and a bit of a debate. Yeah. And you'd say, "Well, I'll see you tomorrow. so I'll football." But exactly. yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. Absolutely. And that was how. Ha- that's a great way to have have society in debate. And maybe one person goes away from that conversation and goes, "Maybe he had a point about that." And you might yeah. go, "Well, maybe he had a bit of a point about that bit." All right. And that's how you 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 mature and develop as a society. Yes. And then that reflects in your in your political system because the yeah. people who get elected across the board are bits of everything yeah yeah yeah. and then that's how your society moves forward together not polarization or people refusing to talk to people or refusing to hang out with people because they voted a certain way or because they have a certain opinion and i'm not talking about extreme opinions here like racism just simple opinions somebody might be right of center somebody might be left of center but saying you won't talk to them or you won't hang out with them because of that to me is
0: absolutely scandalous it's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. It's absolutely crazy. And you are and there is, there's minorities on both sides that yeah. are the extremists that right. are doing things and saying things that they shouldn't be. Yeah, which is but fair. We but have like to. You're
1: going to not like those people,
0: but yeah, I mean, but we have to. We have to respect and people are entitled to an opinion. You are entitled to opinion. It doesn't that's, mean they're right. Yeah, that's the problem. With right. that is another problem with Twitter is that like it's not necessarily a conversation. It's like I'm saying my yeah, thing. Yeah. And so you I know, look at all these other people <laughs> that are saying the same thing as me. <laughs> I feel I feel bad for because I'm a huge fan of Lily Allen as a musician, and I like her. I like Not her as a sass. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know I, I do like her sass, but, but 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 the way that she's been talking recently, I think that's you know that's such a huge part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the country, I think her quote was, "The country is like has com- this is confirmed that the, the con- this country is racist. This country is blah blah." It's like well, no, it hasn't. It's confirmed that that the
1: political system has let the country slide into this polarized state. Where people now are are ultimately just disagreeing with each other on everything fundamentally, and they're all f- everything they do is a backlash against the other side instead yeah. of two sides trying to find common ground and work together. You know, yeah. And that, if that happens here, I'd be I'd be devastated if that happened in Ireland. Like,
0: it's a, what about the, the? I think we've possibly just missed out on it a bit by a generation because we're in, we're of similar age and we didn't. I mean, you did a little bit of third level education, but there's definitely a. a a generation of people that have gone through the third generation system. Mm-hmm. Uh, third generation system, what I'm saying? The third. Third gen. Ed, the third <laughs> educational system is what I mean. They've gone through the university system. Yeah. And they are, it would seem to me, all completely of a certain leaning politically. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, not able to converse with, and i've seen this happen on the ground not able to converse with people who aren't yeah, going to that i've only system. ever
1: been talking to people who've had the same opinion as them
0: and if you're not if you're not conversing on their level then you are all these things yeah. you are a racist yeah. you are like i've worked in places of work where this is an issue yeah. where yeah. you know the guy who uh, left school at 14 and worked in tesco as a butcher is an idiot in comparison to these people who have gone to university. Yeah. They're, you're both doing the same job now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're both in the same lab, but the other guy is an idiot for his views because he didn't, you know... Yeah,
1: because he didn't do X and Y, yeah. X, yeah. Y, and Z. So that's like, yeah, but you, you get, again, again, that's confirmation bias. All these groups of people hanging out together, having the same conversation. If they've never encountered somebody who has a different opinion or who has a different view on things and they suddenly encountered them and it's been like 10 years before they met somebody like that, then Mm. it's going to blow their mind. They're going to Mm. be like, oh, you must be an idiot. Mm. Because me and all these people that I've hung out with and done this course with all think this way, you know? And what you're going to find happening when that, like, people will always rebel. So now the new rebels are going to be the conservative
0: people. Well, that's what that is. You know, to rebel now yeah. is to be central. It's to be
1: central or, and conservative yeah. and you know right a center on on, a, on any issues from economic issues to, to social issues to, to whatever. And that's the new rebellion. Yeah, and you are going to find that then there is going to be that's going to increase over time if if you, if people aren't talking to each other yeah. on the same level and having conversations about things, you know. Because
0: when I was the kid, uh, when I was a kid, the, the left was like rebelling against the institution, yeah. because you wanted it to be run a different way, and you wanted or, or because it was. Oppressing you in some way, yeah, yeah. and now the left, uh, as clearly has said, b- b- being shown by the result of the the general election in the UK, now the left is metropolitan bourgeois, uni- yeah. university educated. Pr- they don't not going to fucking like this world. Word privileged, yeah, 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 yeah. individuals who have their uh, who have a, a high pedestal moral compass yeah. on what it is that the way that the, wor- the world should be living and the people who are working class who are not university educated are the idiots yeah and they've been abandoned and they're the ones who've yeah, been abandoned. Yeah. They're the ones who aren't privileged. Yeah. They're the ones who have the least
1: off in society. Yeah. And they've been told that they're idiots. Yeah, and then what? Do you, people are surprised then when all these people turn and have voted Tory yeah. against their against their. To be fair, against their best interests. Yes, have voted Tory because the UK has now moved from class uh, as being the identifier. So because l- the left in the UK was always the working class. Yeah, and like you said, it's now been it's now moved to this bourgeoisie, university educated. Um, romantic left idealism yes. right it's moved to that abandoned the working class people and the working class people are like well okay so it's not about class anymore then clearly it's about identity yeah. so identity politics being we're british first yes we're english first primarily yeah and then we're like we're gonna vote for england because we're the real england and all you guys and all these immigrants are the problem
0: and the really sad thing about the labor party going that way is that the Labour Party was born out of, the unions, de- of unions to defend the working classes? Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's gone. I mean, the the red wall, as they call it, the the, the seats across the centre, the red wall of seats that was that's gone. A lot of them are now Conservative. Mm. That that inconceivable well, ten years ago. Yeah, that that could ever that any of these seats could have been
0: lost. These Labour seats, which is just mind blowing. Does it affect? So you know, you 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 have great awareness and great. Um, knowledge and yeah great awareness i would say on all that stuff and does that does that when you were coming down to to create something yeah. does that and you're saying that's underlying in, yeah, in your work yeah. somewhere like is that is that a difficult thing to juggle sometimes
1: um it, it, sometimes it can, it can i suppose it's a difficult thing to juggle if i suddenly turn around and say i'm going to write a joke or a story based on race and social issues right yeah uh, and anytime i've ever done that in my head I've hit a wall. I can't <laughs> write it. So what I've what I do is, I take things that have happened in my life, or I take real stories. And because I've had, I suppose not to sound daft, but I've had like an interesting life. I've lived lots of lives within yes, my life, yeah, lived yeah. different places, yeah. done different things, been exposed to vast different groups of people, and I take real stories that have happened to me, some crazy, some b- banal, and I use those as the basis for my my comedy. And then I'll add in bits that reflect the stuff i'm trying to talk about underlying like race and politics yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and things and religion and things like that yeah so i'll add those in mm. to real stories um and embellish those stories to make like longer sets and, and, and they, so it does it always informs it because it's kind of what i want to talk about yeah because i'm really I'm really, what you're interested, interested in. I'm really interested in really interested yeah. in politics and religion yeah and there are two things i'd like to I, i'm not that much i don't put that much politics into my stuff more so the religious stuff but um they're my natural interests yes but then i'm a storyteller i want to make people laugh and so it's that's not number satire one. you're not doing satire, not doing satire no no yeah. just all i really want to do is i want people obviously to laugh so i you know, get a good laugh and maybe just maybe one or two people in their head will come away with like oh, i was interesting actually the way he did that yeah because yeah. that you know if you think about it yeah and if only two or three people think about it afterwards then that's a success the number one success is a room full of people laughing so a lot of people who try to address a certain issue in their in their comedy sometimes forget that laughter is kind of important, you know. <laughs> yeah.
0: <It's>, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, Welcome to the Edinburgh y- Fringe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, here's my show called "Paid for by Daddy." Um, yeah. Just you, know, <laughs> just you know, get out, get out of town. <laughs> yeah. Laughter first, and if they get a message out of it, uh, uh, brilliant. But yeah. it's all for me. It's all about laughter on the surface of it, storytelling and making people laugh. Yeah. And then if somebody gets something out of it, great. Yeah.
0: You you did Edinburgh a second time last year. Yeah, yeah. Are you going again this year? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I said this year twenty twenty. Yeah, I'm going twenty twenty. Yeah. And last year was great. Yeah, you had a brilliant. You had like sold out shows the whole
1: week or the whole yeah, month last yeah. year. Fantastic. I done I done free fringe before, and I got very lucky uh, the last time I went because I got. Uh, I went with Scottish Comedy Festival and they have a couple couple of venues uh, which is paid but it's like so my tickets were like what £5, nothing crazy right and uh, which is generally what you get in a bucket anywhere probably if you're a free fringe so I was like grand I'll I'll try this and uh, yeah I was very lucky my venue was very nice and from day one i was full it was a 50 seater and i was full from day one fantastic and like no real the blurb i wrote for my show right (laughs) the blurb was better than the show right
0: (laughs) literally that's the key in
1: Edinburgh isn't it that's the key if you're a blurb and you've like got a you know a good poster and a good story to tell uh, and then obviously people came to the show and started a few people tweeted about it after they were at the show and then that just kept kind of snowballing as such and i was pretty full for most of the run uh so i was delighted with that Delighted with that And the the relief Like if you've Anybody who's done Free Fringe In any comic system That is like The fear of Free Fringe Because you go into your room And you've no idea Who's going to show up Right It's not even about the money But the amount You're like I've no idea Is one person going to show up
0: Yeah Or a hundred people And you don't know who they are either You're nothing They don't know what kind of room It's going to be But when you're
1: paid Fringe You get up in the morning You open the laptop And you check the ticket sales And you're like
0: and you shit your ah, pants. That's lovely. Well for <laughs> <Yeah>. me <laughs> For me I was like, that's lovely. Because yeah, I just yeah. got
1: lucky like and I was like, yeah, that's yeah. great. I yeah, don't yeah. have to sweat Because it's seventy percent full. And you're like, brilliant. That's yeah. great. So that's such a it was such a relief. I recommend anybody to do it to be honest, to do free to do paid. Are because you doing a new show or what are you doing? I'm doing a new show, yeah. And will it will it have political Um This meanings? one this one is gonna be I think is gonna be uh, more about uh, my my childhood. Right. Uh, uh, but we'll bring in religion again and a little bit of politics. Because yeah. when I was a kid, I was obsessed with, with politics. That's where Obsessed with politics. Really? As so a child, was I. Yeah. That's mad. I didn't yeah. know about this. Isn't that that?
0: I'll never forget, but we were driving up north and there was um, there was uh, an election going on in, in the Republic. And it was Bertie Ahern versus John Bruton. And yeah, they were having yeah. a debate on an RT radio. And we were going over the border and I was listening to it. Really enjoying it. And my dad flicked it over and I was like, No, no, put that back, put that back. And he turned around in the car and was like, Are you listening to that? I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I, like, it. I was yeah. 11 yeah. or yeah, something like that.
1: Yeah, I was I was the same. I was obsessed. Yeah. Um, but I, even in national school, I, I remember elections. That I remember getting, you get stickers off the politicians. You know? Oh, really? Right. Okay. would so Labour stickers and you'd like Fianna oh. stickers. And sure, I didn't know anything about anything. Like, yeah, yeah. I, just, I just loved. The, the elections and the, the, the excitement and I'd be going one day I'd be going on with a Fianna Fáil sticker next day I'd have a Labour sticker uh. next day I'd have another sticker I was like whichever sticker caught my eye like, and know.
0: are you party loyal or would you no uh, I wouldn't yeah. be party loyal no, no. I'd be uh,
1: well I, I would I would some parties I would always I would always give the Green Party a vote yeah. um, because we're, we're we have the beauty of proportional representation yeah. here so you can move things around proper a bit. system yeah but I'd always give the Green Party a vote yeah yeah um, uh, well, particularly now with, with with the state of the environment, um, and and global warming and whatnot, or climate changes has been yeah, renamed to yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd always give the greens a vote. Um, and I would always be, I suppose, left to centre. Yeah. Uh, slightly right to centre economically, left to centre socially. It's uh,
0: probably not a bad way to yeah yeah to so think about it. Actually, that's
1: how I would be generally. So I will vote. And there's great websites actually sorry because i'm stammering here but there's websites you can do i can't remember the name of it but if you go online and everybody should do it you can there's you can put in at election time you can type in uh into this website if you google it you'll find what the name of the website is but basically they list every candidate in ireland right uh in your constituency so you click on your constituency and then you answer like 30 questions what's like you know uh homelessness or environment okay, or drugs or whatever yeah all these different questions answer about 30 35 questions and, and it they will, will you tell the right you candidate. what candidate you are closest to right and like the amount of people who do that that i've made do it go oh no 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 that's not me i'm like oh you just you just answered
0: yeah answer the
1: policy questions yeah so if everybody voted according to what they actually believe as opposed to what they think they yes. believe yes which it is, be a, very which is yeah yeah
0: yeah and it's a, and I think you're very right. That's a very that's progressive thinking. Yeah, and that's a way as opposed to being aligning yourself to like in this country it'll be Finnafall versus Finegale, for yeah. example. Yeah. Um, would be the two main ones, and it's like, pff, you know, yeah. Let's like that happened a hundred years ago. Get yeah. over it, do so you we know just mean? Move let's move on. Let's. They're the let's same let's bloody party. Th- let's just yeah. Let's yeah. just see what what it is that we your policies exactly. You that's the way to think, look at yeah,
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. But but look, we're going to end up here with it's going to be Finnafall or Finnegale with somebody else. Uh, next time out
0: I th- I would definitely be interested in because we have to wrap it up here now but definitely inter- let's, we could do a politics show Brian but anyway politics Pol- podcast polycast Pol- no yeah. that would be more about polyamory would it podcast yeah polyamorousness but the final bit of politics that I want to close in on is the the managerial situations going on. At you being an Everton fan and me being an Arsenal fan, yeah, it looks it would seem. Is Ancelotti is he? It seems that way. So, so there was mixed on 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 the Twitter last night. It yeah, seems so that Ancelotti people. was not going, but then according to Guillaume Balaguer but he's been caught out so many times yeah. talking shit.
1: And I mean Sky pretty much nailed the colours of the mass saying it's Sky- done a done deal.
0: Yes, yeah, Sky said that in in it, it's basically a gentleman's agreement has yeah. happened on it. Um. I feel bad for Unai Emery because he... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he went up for that job as well and they're like uh, no. now we'll take you're, Carlo
1: you're grand thanks
0: um, and Carlo like apparently I think this is bullshit but the Mirror reported today that the Arsenal players wanted him senior players wanted Ancelotti that. and yeah. that they were kicking off they don't want Arteta which is I mean if they I, are saying I, I that d- I d- shut d- your hole I
1: doubt they kicked off yeah.
0: I mean maybe somebody said something somewhere maybe, yes. you know, the media would love to say they kicked off yeah, it's probably
1: yeah. something like, oh I thought Carlo would be good yeah, all yeah. of a sudden it means they kicked off you know? yeah, yeah. but I'll tell you what's going to be really interesting is Arsenal Everton this right? Saturday I
0: can't Wait, right? We should sit down and watch it because we could both be sitting down yeah, and watching yeah. doing a <laughs> podcast with both of us with brand new managers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, the, the, but
1: the most interesting thing about that game is if it is Arteta versus yes. Ancelotti, it will be whatever the outcome. Whoever wins, the other side are going to say, oh, "I knew we should have had that." God. yeah yeah that's true because all true. the everton fans are like you know oh arteta has no experience and there's those of them are gonna be great to have him back and i mean he you know, he trained under pep i mean he's gonna have all those tactics he's gonna have that, yeah. that that tactical noose
0: yeah let's get him in and, yeah, and yeah.
1: other people say no Ancelotti's more experienced he's the marquee manager he's a star yeah so whoever wins each set of fans is going to say they should have had the other one look like.
0: yeah and i, th- I think no, at some point yeah whoever wins they're going to say that, and at some point when it's not going well for everything, they're all going to go, oh fucking, we should have given Duncan the job." Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Duncan, Duncan look, look, Ferguson, look what a nutter! Well, he's mental. Like, he yeah. is nuts. I mean, he, he, I'm just so fucking delighted and proud. He took off Moss Kane after 18 minutes. Yeah, the other that day. was
1: insane. <laughs> that <laughs> were you was, watching the yeah, game? I was <laughs> watching the game. That was absolutely insane. I remember watching. What it going, were the commentators saying? What well, commenters like? Oh, that's is he? Is it? It's Moss It's more. It's Moss Keen. He's taking off Moss and Keen is looking over, going. What? Me? Really? Oh, and then oh, the kid looked so dejected coming off. Like, I mean, yeah. he looked more dejected than he did actually lumbering around the pitch. He wasn't playing well. Okay. And he clearly wasn't doing what he'd been told to do. Right. But to bring him off for a minute to go was a real... ah. Uh, and I love Duncan Ferguson. Like, I mean, he's he's an Everton hero, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I was like, oh, that's that's a bit mean, you know? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I felt that was a
0: bit mean to do that yeah. to him. Yeah. The, afterwards in the press conference, he was even going, like the reporters going, are you going to have a word with him? I was like, uh... I, I'll probably have a word with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, he was like yeah. realising, everyone else thinks I'm mental yeah. here. I oh, I better, I uh, day.
1: better <laughs> pretend I care. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'll <laughs> chat to the boy. Yeah, yeah, sure. But like he's mental. He's been in jail. He was the only player I ever remember being jailed for an on-field offence.
0: Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah he'd, like, he'd, what was it?
1: I think he decked and headbutted some lad on the pitch when he played for Rangers. Okay, right, And yeah. he, went to, he got jail time for that. Uh, he was burgled twice. Did you ever hear that story? No. So one, one night, two burglars broke into his house. And tried to rob him. And uh, one of them ended up in hospital for three weeks. And then another time, one burglar broke into his (laughs) house. Why would you ever (laughs) go near his house? stupid burglars. Another burglar broke into his house. And uh, again, that guy ended up in hospital for for a few days. So, like, the man's mental. This
0: is Duncan Ferguson, by the way. People like, a 1990s legend of a centre-forward for... For Everton, uh, I don't know if he's Glaswegian, but he's certainly he's Scottish. Glaswegian, he's yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And he is uh, so he's Rangers Glaswegian. When he, obviously well, he played fun. for them, so he I don't know, them, yeah. I'm not sure he which... couldn't he couldn't have been Catholic. No, no, God, no. not with that level of aggression. No, no. and <laughs> no, not just not playing for Rangers. But like he's, I ne- I'll never forget the like he had taken somebody out in a game. And uh, somebody was injured on the ground, and he was like standing over yeah, him, like yeah. run And Jimmy Ball- Bullard, kind of, who was a messer, yeah, yeah. walking up to him and going, Are you all right? Yeah, and yeah. he just didn't respond to him. No, he <laughs> like, was just yeah. he was like, Oh God, this he guy's going to kill me The level of
1: aggression he displayed on the pitch was like, was mental. Yeah, he so he's now a...
0: the interim manager at, at um, Everton. At Everton, and which is, they're yeah, doing
1: good. F- they're doing grand, but it's all passion and, and you know, yeah, and, that's and, true drive, which is great to see, but that's In not mo- sustainable over the long run. No, it's not. It's
0: not. And he is saying that, to be fair as well. Yeah, he is. He's like, I don't want it. I'll whip up a frenzy
1: and a fervor and we'll get like pride back in the jersey kind of stuff which which you can sustain over a few games but that's not sustainable over a a year or a season I don't think so I think if it is Angelotti, I think it'll be good Ferguson still be on the coaching staff
0: politics and football podcast maybe I don't know we'll chat about it further yeah we could do something on that who knows man thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure been a laugh, hasn't it? It's been a laugh. D- yeah, but I mean, we got into some cool shit there,
1: man. I'm yeah, like, it's always nice to talk to you, though, Steve, to be fair. You know thank what I mean? you, man. Because I'm used to hanging out with the riffraff lads, you know, Mike and John. And, and they just, are just riffraff. Which That's is like hanging out in a crash, to be honest with you. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Just Mike talking about red pants, John talking about throwing birthday cakes at walls. Right, like, no, you can't do that tonight, John. Please don't throw birthday cakes at walls. So, no, it's a new set. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs>
0: That's my life. Do you know what I mean? That's Baby, my r- babysitting comedians. That's my role in riffraff. Babysitting. <laughs> we'll have you back soon. Thanks a million, man.